From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day. More importantly, happy Father's Day first, and then happy Juneteenth. You know, dad's out here putting it down, and um, there's this narrative that keeps, you know, showing its head that, you know, black men, men of color, aren't stepping up in the household and aren't being a father to their child. And I would just like to publicly say that um, that narrative is not true. Uh, where I stand and the ones that I'm around, all of the men in my life that I know are taking care of their kids. So this whole narrative that black men aren't being fathers, it's, it's, it's a false narrative. So big up to the fathers out there doing it up, especially to the girl dads. Um, daughters, I thank you for showing that vulnerable side uh, to the men now. Uh, and and speaking of children, uh, we, we're going to continue to talk about the kids because that's what it is all about. I have on the phone line uh, the founder of Color of Life Youth Organization. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the lovely Tanya Bias onto the Public Affairs Podcast. How you doing? Hi. Thank you. I'm How so- is everyone? Hey, we are all good, and I understand uh, you. You got some folks with you. You got your people with you. You got your program yes, facilitator, uh, Elaine Christian, is is also on with you. Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Good, good, good. And later on, we're going to be joined by uh, one of your advisory board members, uh, Mr. Carlos Larios. Did I say that right? Yes. Carlos Lario. So, um, so thank you, thank you for being here, uh, Tanya and Elaine. Uh, thank first, you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you are you. so very welcome. Let's get right into it about uh, Color of Life. Tell us uh, about Color of Life, what it is, and uh, and and how it came to be. So, Color of Life is a nonprofit organization. Um, we started off primarily catering to the youth, the at-risk and underserved youth. And we pivoted a little bit to now encompass a more holistic approach with the youth, and that is to include, you know, family and community. So we're about the youth, giving them exposure, trying to empower them, um, as well as filling those needs, those voids in the community to empower the families and uh, help people just be a better version of themselves. Indeed. How long have you guys been around? So I started the organization back in 2007. Uh, We originally started working. uh, We were operating out of the fellowship hall of the church of where I, uh, where I grew up. And the need for me to even start the organization was because of my own family dynamics of, uh, you know, having a need and having those needs not be met because of the family dynamics. So I was like, you know, I want to be that person that I needed at that time for our youth today. Indeed. And that's normally where things start. Something happens or you see... Uh, that there's a need and you feel it and you're off to the races. 
So yeah. um, yeah. you guys have a lot of things going on uh, this summer, especially for uh, this month and uh, for next month. Let's talk about the uh, the the kids' summer fun. Um, so this summer program for for July. So since you know we only got about a, <laughs> a week or so left in June, uh, tell us about these summer programs for next month for in July. So we have been blessed to receive a grant through um, through the county. It's uh, the County Connections grant um, being through uh, Harris County Department of Education. So with those funds, we are doing something a little different. Instead of, you know, hosting programs like at a facility or at a center, what we're doing is taking the kids out. So we'll be doing trips and excursions. Mm. Uh, We have a trip planned right now for Stony Creek Ranch. It's an overnight um, camp like for five days, four nights. Um, very fun, a lot of different activities, you know, archery, swimming, um, the blob, just all kind of um, different things, fishing um, and mentoring. So not only will they have all these fun activities and recreation, but we will also uh, be mentoring them and tapping into things that are happening now in their world and how we can help them to, you know, um, to, to be a better person or, you know, just navigate through some of the challenges and barriers that they're going through right now. So that's the overnight camp. We'll be doing uh, some museum trips. We'll be going horseback riding. Um, so, and that's just to name a few. So, so that's what we have going on in July. Were you guys um, doing these sort of trips and, and excursions uh, pre-pandemic? Or is this something new? So, no. So this is kind of a new in- initiative. Well, really, to be honest, I'm kind of going back to my humble beginnings. Because when I first started um, the center, we were like, we just just grabbed some kids and we just went and did things. And then it kind of changed a little bit to where I started just only um you know, facilitating programs at the campuses, like with HISD. I became contracted with HISD. Um, And then from there, then, of course, you know, we ran into the pandemic and all of that good stuff moving forward. But, yes, so, no, we were not doing it, but we used to do it years and years ago. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of going back to the beginning. Yeah, I mean, and now that everybody's back outside, I mean, I'm sure this is uh, exciting um, for the kids who... Yeah, and that's what I kind of had in mind, you know, because the kids were, you know, in school, they were doing virtual for a long time, not being able to go anywhere, get out, you know, and just wanted to give them the opportunity to, you know, have that exposure, just getting back out, you know. For sure, for sure. So, uh, Elaine, um, what about these new initiatives for the youth that Color of Life has this summer? Okay, when you said what about? Yeah, tell us tell us about them. These new initiatives for the youth. Uh, we can go over the uh, the youth ambassador and the youth advisory board. Okay. okay, so the youth ambassador and we have the youth ambassador and the youth advisory board. Okay, and what we do with that is we bring them on. And we start gearing them and getting them ready for school, 
and leadership. And those two things go hand in hand, school and leadership. As you know, there are a lot of leaders that are needed in the school environment. And that's part of our mentoring program, you know, is we want to build leaders in the schools and how they tie back in with color of life is that, you know, we're providing them with the the, uh, mentorship, guiding them on how to be good leaders in the schools. Um, And and that helps with, you know, all the different uh, things that come up as you're growing up in schools, you know, there are situations where um, there's bullying and, you know, Conflict resolution is one of the big things, you know, uh, teaching the students how to navigate situations with other peers, um, even situations with that may arise with teachers. Hmm. Well, we brought brought them on board. So we've created a board uh, that these students then go out to their prospective schools and they engage the lessons and um, that we're teaching them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then for the youth ambassador component is that um, we want to give the youth a platform, a voice. So it's like giving them youth voice. And I want them to have a stake in what we do for the youth, for the community. So it's basically like they will let us know, hey, you know, we really don't like this, but we like this. Or, well, you know, how about you, you know, we suggest looking into trying this, you know, yeah. um, because back in my day, I'm not going to tell my age or anything, but, you know, what was good for us back then may be is we know for sure it's totally different than what we need for the youth right now. So it's about youth voice and giving them a voice and a platform. Absolutely. And listen to the kids because they know these children know yeah, everything. They exactly. know more than some of these adults. They came into this world already tapped in. Um, full exactly. Of I do want to go back to the, uh, the, the leadership uh, component. Uh, as a part of uh, the new initiatives for the youth uh, leadership in school. So how do you all um, determine who would be that person? Do you, uh, throughout the summer, do you guys just kind of see um, how said so, child, you know, um, interacts or if they have that leadership spirit in them? Because, you know, everybody ain't no leader. And that's true. So this is a new initiative, and yes, we are launching it, you know, during the summer. And what we do plan to do is, um, I haven't marketed yet, but we are going to extend an invitation out to um, the the youth to, you know, via social media um, and through my connections with the wraparound specialists at um, HISD. And we will invite them to come. They'll answer a series of questions. We will meet with them either in person or Zoom and just like really talk through it to see if they would be that person. Okay. So that's how, we'll, that's how we plan to do it. No, I think, I think it's dope. But then I also was thinking, I was like, well, all kids ain't got that kind of leadership spirit. Like, you're going to have to, have to sniff some out to see who's going to be in the top. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. listening to the and public. And, you know, aff- con- mm-hmm. I'm ahead. sorry, there's also a connection with the schools as well, you know. So, um, you, you know, working with the counselors and the student, the student personnel. I mean, I'm sorry, the school personnel. Mm-hmm. So we do do references and we're not. So um, it's a collaborative to what we see and what the schools may know. Indeed. 
You listen to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Tanya Bias, the CEO and founder of Color of Life Youth. Also, uh, her program facilitator, Miss Elaine Christian, uh, is also on the line. You all have a giving market. Um, what's that? So the giving market is we are a partner. It's a paid partnership um, that I pay um, on a yearly basis, but it's a partnership with Walmart and Bed Bath & Beyond. And what that does is uh, they they provide us their items. Like it can be anything from housewares, vacuums, iBots, um, bedding, just all kind of good things. Either, you know, they're no longer in season or they're no longer going to sell it, or it could be some return items that are still good and they just, you know, can't resell them. So we get these items and um, we distribute it out to the community. We just did our last uh, distribution on April the 9th at the Acres Home Multi-Saver Center, which was very successful. We were able to serve over 120 um, family members um, and youth. And our next one is scheduled tensively on um, July the 25th or 26th. But don't hold me to that because it's still tentative. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically what that is, and that's been able to help a lot of, um, a lot of families. Yeah. Um, I also see that you all have just uh, newly acquired a new space and a location. Where y'all at now? Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for bringing that up. So we are located or we haven't moved in yet. We're still finalizing the contract. So it will be at the Pymont. It's on Pymont Drive. And it's near the, I'm sure most of the audience might know where the Community of Faith Church is. So it's like not far from that, uh, from that mega church. Indeed. So. Yeah. yeah, and so we're looking for people to help us get it. It's an as-is space, so we have to go in and do some painting and doing some floors and, you know, knocking some things down, putting some walls up. So if any of your uh, audience out there would like to volunteer some time, some materials, some supplies, we're definitely I mean, definitely this is the perfect segue for that, Tanya, because, you know, you all are looking for volunteers. Yes, yes, yes. We are looking for volunteers. So not only are we looking for volunteers to help us with, um, you know, making our new space a a wonderful spot for the community and for um, the youth, but we also need volunteers to help us with our mentoring with that. We also need volunteers to help us with our partnership with uh, Minute Maid Park and um, NRG. We are given the platform to work the concessions at these two venues in order to raise money for our organization. And that money allows us to put back into the community and do the things that, you know, that we do to help. So for sure. Now, since um, we mentioned the volunteers, you know, not only to for the organization, but also to uh, help rebuild and and make the new space uh, feel like home. Um, what other needs does Color of Life have that the community can help with? Um, I would say we we need people who are passionate about our mission that can align with what we're doing 
that can come in and, you know, help in ways that we can further our mission and impact within the community. So whether it be um, new initiatives, new suggestions, um, you know, coming in to be that mentor, um, to help with entrepreneurship, because that's another thing that we're really big with. Um, you know, anybody that wants to work in a leadership capacity, um, I am the worst with social media, but I have all the social media platforms, but I'm never, I, I'm not, I don't have the capacity to um, go in and post all the wonderful things that we do because I have an entourage of pictures, videos that I have not posted that people don't even know what we've done and what we're doing. So I really need someone that can come in and say, okay, you know what, Tanya, I got you. Let me go ahead and, you know, do all the posting and do it on a regular basis. So those are some of the uh, immediate needs. Um, I'm in need of someone who is great with grant writing. Um, I've been able to secure, you know, smaller grants through, like I said, Harris County Department of Education and, um, you know, Case for Kids, and I'm blessed with that. But as we're growing, you know, our money needs to grow as well. So if there's any grant writers that are out there that, would help, would love to help us to uh, grow financially. Um, that's another uh, immediate need. So those are the two biggest um, immediate needs that we're needing. Indeed. And and where do people go to um, reach out to you all? Just go to the, to the website to send you a DM so, on IG? Our website is being revamped. I mean, you can go to the website, but I would prefer to direct everyone um, to either call me or text me or uh, to email. So you can email me at Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A, at coloroflifeyouth.org. And the number is 832-418-2265. 832-418-2265. Okay. 2265. Give it out one more time. 832-418-2265. And Tanya at coloroflifeyouth.org. And before we go, um, even though school just got out for summer, you do have a back-to-school event that is happening, I'm sure, so sometime in August, if I'm not mistaken, yeah? Well, yeah, we're going to try to um, do it at the end of July. So our dates that we're looking at um, is Sunday the 31st or the Saturday the 23rd or Sunday the 24th. So we don't have that etched in stone just yet. We're still making um, provisions for that. But um, we plan to make it more of a festival-style event, so we'll have a lot of other things um, going on, other activities. So it won't just be walking up, grabbing a backpack, and leave. So we're going to have a lot of other uh, engagement. We have uh, one of the uh, officers uh, that's over the juvenile gang deal coming out. We have, like, ice, uh, the Kona ice trucks, food trucks. Uh, we're going to reach out and have, if, if you have any youth out there that has talent that would like to perform, whether, you know, it's singing, rapping, poetry, or any of that, um, I urge them to reach out, um, you know, because we want to do a little bit of that um, as well. So, yeah. 
Indeed. For all things Color of Life, visit the website coloroflifeyouth.org. That's coloroflifeyouth.org. Elaine Christian, program facilitator and the founder and CEO of Color of Life, Tanya Bias. Thank you all for coming on this morning. Well, KG, we thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are so very welcome. And to everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uh, Welcoming back on the show. It's been uh, quite a while, but you see this man every afternoon anchoring the news on ABC 13. He is a three-time Emmy Award-winning journalist. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the market icon in the making, ABC 13's Chauncey Glover. My guy, how you doing, sir? Hey, Chris. Always good to talk with you. Always good to be here. Three years, exactly. It's been three years since we've uh, since we've talked and since we've had a gala. So, um, yeah, good to be back here with you. Hope all is well with you. I, yeah, all is well. I hope, I hope uh, you're doing well as well. Well, I, I know you're doing well. I mean, I, I see you out here, you know, putting pressure on these folk out here um, with these summer bodies and and, and, and all of these things, bro, it seems like you are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just trying to take care of what God gave me. That's all I'm trying to do. Yes, for sure. So these last three years, you know, the pandemic uh, just threw a monkey wrench in everybody's life. So um, I'm very anxious to know how you, with the Chauncey Glover Project, were able to uh, pivot, shift, uh, refocus how you mentor these young boys during a pandemic. And and if you could, just real quick, because you know we got all these transplants that have come to Houston, um, give us the, the, the inspiration of how the Chauncey Glover Project came about. Yeah, so I started the Chauncey Glover Project, Chris, eight years ago when I was a reporter in Detroit. I was sent to a breaking news story. These two students at Martin Luther King Jr. High School in downtown Detroit had robbed uh, tried to rob the basketball coach. The coach had a gun, shot both the students who were trying to rob them. And um, and one student fell out there. Uh, he was shot in the chest. Uh, they found him and rushed him to the hospital. The other student, uh, the other suspect, they could not find. So here I am getting mic'd up, ready to go on to do a live report. And I see this uh, body just laying in the median. So the kid has, had made it away from the school and, uh, and had dropped here in this median. And... Um, I start to yell for help, and uh, and I went over there, and um, you know the kid died right there, uh, right there on the streets of Detroit. And I went back to his high school, and I talked with the principal, uh, and I said, "Hey, I want to talk to the young men who are who are friends um, uh, of this kid, and I want to you know start meeting with them because." And what made me do that is I talked with that young man's mother in an interview for my TV station at the time, uh, right after the shooting. And, uh, and she took me into his room during the interview, and she said, I want you to see his homework. I want you to see it. He had, he had finished his homework for the week, and look at this, and he, he had did this, and he had this drawing. Uh, she was like, he was a really talented kid, really smart kid. She's like, he just didn't know any better. I couldn't get him. Uh, 
out of the hood per se. I couldn't, you know, expose him to anything different. So he got caught up with the wrong crowd. So that was my goal, Chris, when I started the Chauncey Glover Project was to uh, just expose these young men uh, to different things that they were um, experiencing or seeing in their neighborhoods every day. And it started with me just taking them lunch and talking to them. And then it uh, snowballed into a whole 501c3. And here we are. Uh, eight years later, we've sent, uh, we've mentored more than 300 young black boys, um, and we've also sent more than 200 to college. Uh, so we're so proud of those numbers. And when it comes to COVID and having to pivot, Chris, I'm going to tell you, in the beginning, we we could not, we, we, we could not pivot. Like, I, I don't have a huge staff, and, you know, we all have our own jobs, and we were trying to figure out how to you know, you know, keep ourselves safe and how we maneuver through through COVID with their own jobs. And, uh, but then we saw the need that it was greater. Like these kids really needed us during the pandemic because they were home trying to learn from a TV, I mean, from a computer screen. And, uh, and that's the ones who did have access to internet. So at first we were just at a standstill and trying to wrap our minds together as to how, we, what we do, how we do it. And then finally, uh, we, we started virtual uh, mentoring, and, uh, and then we tried to get back in person, and then the numbers were backed up, and then we had to go back to virtual. But essentially, we just stuck it out. We just stuck it out, and um, and that's one thing I love about our program because it's hands-on, and it, uh, it meets the needs of the entire uh, young man, whatever they're going through, and we're able to tailor it. Uh, so we just kept pushing, and uh, we have our seniors. We still got them into college, and they're headed to college. And all of our boys are uh, headed to the next grade with some rigorous tutoring and some uh, a lot of catching up, Chris. We were able to keep them on track, and they're all going to the next grade. Man, that's that's amazing. I mean, first of all, hearing you, and I've heard you tell the story um, 50, 11 times, um, but it always just leaves me incredulous. Um, one, because... What you do, and, 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 and at one point in my life, Chauncey, I thought I wanted to do what you do, but what you do takes an incredible amount of strength to do uh, because you are enamored with all of this negative news, all of this sad news. I couldn't, my mind could not fathom being on an assignment and to witness what you witnessed while you were in Detroit. Um, but to turn that into the Chauncey Glover project, uh, you know, it just speaks volumes as to, you know, who you are as a man. But I am interested to know, Chauncey, like, how do you abstract all of that energy that is put on you and gets into you? How do